Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's episode, I am joined by a very special guest, Danielle Serdokny. Danielle has helped lead Colgate to three ECAC championships, helped Canada to a U18 gold medal back in 2019, and a World Championship silver medal this past April. Danielle also was a top three Patty Kazmaier candidate and broke the single season points record for Colgate. Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And how's everything going? Uh, yeah, it's going really good. Thank you for having me. Well, obviously, you're in the middle of your off season right now. So, how has your off season been going so far? And uh, do you have any plans this summer, whether it's hockey related or not? Uh, yeah, for sure, it's been good. Uh, I got back from Colgate about two weeks ago, so uh, I'm from Edmonton. So, obviously, the Oilers were on a little bit of a playoff run there. So, it was exciting. Uh, to catch some games. So I was in Vegas actually for a couple days there uh, getting uh, to watch one of those games, which was fun. And then as far as my plans for the summer, uh, my whole family is actually going on a cruise to Hawaii uh, with my cousins and aunt and uncle and grandma. So uh, we leave in about a week, which I'm really excited for. And then uh, probably after that, um, just kind of get back into training and hockey and um, start getting ready for next season. So Nice. That sounds like a fun summer. Uh, have you ever been to Hawaii before? Uh, yeah, I have. Uh, when I was younger, I want to say like five or six years ago and then a few times before. So uh, it's a beautiful place. So I'm definitely excited to go back there. Nice. And obviously, first time in Vegas, what was your thoughts on that uh, arena? And I've always wanted to go. It's one of my road trips I've always wanted to do with my dad because uh, we want to see some Bruins um, road games uh, in the future. Yeah, it was cool. Um, obviously, we have a really nice rink at uh, Rogers Place here in Edmonton, too, but they have a beautiful facility. Um, it was, yeah, it was overall really cool getting to watch the Oilers. I mean, they unfortunately lost, but uh, all in all, a really cool experience to watch them there and uh, be a part of that atmosphere. So, And obviously, training-wise, what's something that you want to work on this offseason uh, to help you improve your game for next year? Yeah, I would just say um, my overall speed. I think it's one of those things that uh, you can always continue to work on uh, at any level. So I guess if I want to uh, make that transition from uh, the college to the senior level, uh, just continuing to work on that aspect of my game and my foot speed. So Now, you recently were playing uh, for the Canadian national team in the World Championships. Uh, I just want to ask, what was that experience like for you representing your home country in Brampton? And what was it also like playing against some of your teammates as well? Yeah, um, it was super unbelievable. Obviously, it's something you dream of from a young age. And uh, when I got that call that I was going to be representing Canada, uh, I was super excited and honored. And um, yeah, just getting there. It was my first senior world championship. So playing in front of a home crowd and um, playing with people you've kind of looked up to your whole life was really incredible. And there's not, I guess, too many words for it. But yeah, just seeing all the little kids there and um, how you're able to inspire them, hopefully. And yeah, uh, the atmosphere was um, super energetic. And yeah, it was a big honor to represent my country, especially on the home stage there. Did you learn anything from that experience that you think you're going to take into next season with Colgate and obviously with future competitions with Canada? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you kind of learn every day. It's people you've kind of looked up to, um, and it's kind of unbelievable to see. Uh, they're the best players in the world, but uh, just looking at how much work they put in, extra work, they're always staying on extra uh, to do shots, whatever uh, going on before. So 
uh, just kind of those little things that separate these players. Like they're already some of the best in the world and how they're just constantly putting in work uh, to elevate their game in any way they can. So that was pretty cool to be a part of. Now I want to transition and talk about the beginning of your hockey career and sort of work all the way up to where you are today. So like you sort of mentioned, you're from Edmonton, Alberta. So talk about growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? Yeah, so my dad actually uh, is a big hockey guy. So he currently has his own company uh, called Sardacne Hockey. And then kind of while he was running that when I was younger, he also worked for the Edmonton Oilers. So I used the skating and skills coach there. So I was just kind of constantly uh, surrounded by it. I also have an older sister who played hockey. So I'm a year and a half younger. So I was just constantly at the rink with her, uh, watching her practices and games. And then pretty sure at around like two or three, my parents put me into like learn uh, learn to skate program. So um, kind of just from there, I started to love the game and then eventually uh, started playing pre-novice, which is like half ice. Um, and yeah, I played with my sister there and kind of grew up to love it. I also have a younger brother who was uh, started at around three two so I think we were just constantly at the rink and uh constantly surrounded by it so it's kind of something that I grew up with so what's it like growing up in a hockey family because obviously your younger brother Noah plays for Colorado College now I heard that you have a cousin that's going to UConn next year as well so uh growing up in a hockey family how do you guys help each other uh get better every every day yeah um it's pretty cool I mean not a lot of people experience it I mean uh, cu- cousins on my both both sides of my family uh, played hockey, so uh, you're always around it. And uh, specifically to my family, uh, I have an older sister who played for a while, so just kind of constantly pushing each other. And then with my little brother too, uh, even like now, uh, just skating together, uh, just talking to each other if we ever need it uh, has been really uh, important. And then uh, my little sister there, she's 13, so kind of just starting um, to take it a little more seriously now. So uh, just being someone for her that she can talk to or reach out to or kind of help her in any way I can. I mean, um, it's really special, obviously, uh, especially when my dad worked for the Oilers. They're at a young age. ages. those people you look up to and watch on TV. So um, getting the opportunity to meet them and uh, surround, be surrounded by them was definitely uh, pretty inspiring to me too. Now, who was your favorite player growing up? I assume it was probably someone on the Oilers. So, yeah, I mean, it, I had a few. Uh, Jordan Eberle was definitely up there. I think just because I watch him all the time. But another one was also Sidney Crosby. I think that's kind of an easy one for anyone growing up in our generation. But just uh, the unbelievable player he is, in person he is, I think uh, allowed me to really look up to him. Now, before college hockey, you played for the Pursuit of Excellence School. Um, and the Edmonton Pandas as well. I really like that team name. Uh, so talk about those experiences uh, with both those teams and sort of how did it help prepare you for college hockey with Colgate? Yeah, I mean, in grade 10, I played for the Pandas, which was uh, cool to be a part of just uh, living at home and also getting the opportunity to play with my older sister, which hadn't happened in about 10 years before that. So uh, that was cool uh, experience overall. And then in grade 11, I decided to make the move to Pursuit of Excellence in Kelowna, which I think was probably one of my best decisions I've made in my career. I think just uh, first off, they have a world-class coach, Chris Hogg, um, still to this day, one of my favorite coaches. And then just being surrounded by like great players and getting to do hockey every single day. I mean, it's kind of a funny thing because when you go there, um, it's definitely a lot of hockey and 
a lot less school compared to a normal high school. So I think just for that, obviously, school is very important, but getting the opportunity to focus on hockey and train uh, with some of the best players in Canada at the time uh, was really impactful for me in my career. Uh, what do you think was the best memory uh, from your uh, pursuit of excellence hockey days when you look back on it now? I mean, uh, not one specific one, but I guess if we're talking hockey, uh, we won back-to-backs DSSHL championships, which is pretty cool. And then honestly, just the best friends you make along the way, like it's kind of crazy that you're still so close with some of them, even though it was over four years ago, like people like Stephanie Markowski, Jordan Mortlock, Derek Gregg, uh, still some of my good friends to this day. Um, and yeah, so Derek Gregg and Kathy Bettinell, I actually played with in grade 12 at POE and they actually ended up transferring to Colgate. So it's kind of uh, cool in that aspect where you build these connections. And uh, yeah, that's just something that was important to me too. Yeah, I also saw that you played with like Rachel Weiss and Shanri Bossy. So like some other good mm-hmm. uh, division one players that aren't even with Colgate. So yeah, yeah, they're great. Honestly, yeah, those are two more that I still keep in touch with. I see them every year. Yeah, so great people, great players. Yeah, so it was honestly just an incredible experience. Um, yeah, the connections you can make with hockey is pretty unbelievable. And how you can still have friends uh, from there, specifically uh, several years later. So, Now, you had the chance to play in two U18 World Championships uh, for Team Canada, where you won a gold medal in 2019. Uh, so what was it like in the chance to represent your country uh, for the first time on that big of a stage? And just talk about winning the gold medal in Japan that's, that year. Yeah, um, that was uh, pretty unbelievable, too. I mean, at that age, uh, it's something that you look 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 forward to uh, every year. I remember being at like the it's called like the Nationals. So you're playing against everyone in your province and just seeing some of the players, you know, that have played at that level before and kind of looking up to them. So uh, that following summer after that, when I got um, invited to that camp, I was super excited and thrilled. It It's cool because it gives you that kind of first taste of what it feels like to play uh, for Hockey Canada and be a part of the program. So, um, yeah, it was a great experience overall. And uh, that was one of the first times the U18 Canada have won gold in, I think, several years. So obviously I was super thrilled to be a part of it and to be in a place like Japan. Um, I've never like been there before. So uh, it was super cool and a huge honor to win there. Where do you keep that gold medal today? I'm just curious. Uh, it's actually hung up in my room and with my jersey. So yeah, it's a special one. So That's awesome. Well, let's transition now and talk about your recruiting process with Colgate. Uh, so what was that like for yourself and what made you want to go to that school versus other ones you might have looked at? Yeah, for sure. So I made I moved to Kelowna in grade 11 where I went to POE and that's kind of where I started picking up more interest from schools. And then from there, I started kind of touring around um, different places and um, kind of getting to know the coaches. So I was one who kind of committed later because at the time, I don't think they had those uh, NCAA recruiting rules. So people were committing in literally grade eight or nine, uh, which is kind of crazy young. So I would kind of waited it out to see kind of what was available. Uh, which could have been a little risky, I guess, looking at it. But yeah, so I was fortunate enough to get to tour around different campuses and kind of get to know the coaches. And Colgate was one of the first schools, I think, that reached out to me. So um, they had a great coaching staff. Uh, they still do, but there's has been 
change with the assistant coach uh, coming into my freshman year. So yeah, I was pretty fortunate in the fact that I got to build a relationship with the coaches uh, through the phone. And then we also had like a POE showcase where the coaches would kind of come into. So yeah, I mean, it, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty indecisive person. So when it came to picking schools, I was kind of a bit lost, I would say, on where I wanted to go. But uh, when touring different campuses, I feel like when I got to Colgate, uh, it kind of just felt the most right for me and the best fit for me. Um, so yeah, I think that was kind of what was the deciding factor in my decision. But yeah, uh, it was a bit of a tough decision for me, but I'm fortunate and grateful uh, for choosing Colgate. What was like sort of the biggest adjustment you had to make to college hockey? Was it the speed of the game, the physicality, or just the less time and space with the puck to create and make plays? Yeah, I think a bit of all. Uh, I would say probably the speed um, compared from high school to university. Obviously, you're playing against players that can be potentially like three or four years older than you. So they have that experience and uh, that speed and physicality uh, that they can bring, which maybe you didn't see as much of it in high school, but I actually played boys hockey uh, for a good chunk of my hockey career. So I'd say the physicality was not uh, too different from what I've kind of experienced before. So yeah, I would say probably the speed. Now talk about what it's like playing in the ECAC and just the competition you face every weekend, because I think it's the most competitive conference in women's college hockey, because teams one through eight, I think uh, have a chance to win the trophy, which not many conferences can say that. So from your perspective, what's it like playing in the ECAC and playing top teams like Quinnipiac, Clarkson, and Cornell on a regular basis? Yeah, um, I'd honestly say I love it. Obviously, um, you get a, to play a good team every weekend. You always know going into it that it's going to be a battle uh, no matter who you face. I think they had several teams ranked in the top 15. So uh, just going into every weekend, you know that you're going to get your team's best, especially um, playing at Colgate when we've won a few times there. So you're going to get every team's best. So I think that's what makes it so fun and competitive uh, playing against those top teams. So, yeah, I mean, I really enjoy playing in the conference and I really like the aspect where you get to play two different teams uh, Friday, Saturday. Uh, it adds a little bit of a change up there. So, yeah, it's been great so far. Now, your team faced a lot of adversity to get to where it is today. Obviously, it started off when the pandemic uh, started because there was a lot of challenges that your team had to face during your sophomore year uh, with games being canceled, obviously playing only against three opponents and then having no fans in the stands. So my question is, how did you handle those challenges of only playing uh, those uh, three teams and sort of how did your team handle the challenges of the pandemic and how did you use those challenges to make yourself a better hockey player and a better team uh, moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think we are pretty fortunate out of lots of schools, obviously, uh, getting the opportunity to play. So I think we kind of went in with that mindset that uh, we are lucky that we are playing compared to many other schools that weren't able to. So I think uh, that was one thing that was pretty big for us. And I think another thing is just uh, leaning on each other. Um, obviously, we're all pretty much going through the same thing here. So uh, having each other's backs and uh, really leaning on each other um, in times times of uncertainty and uh, when you're feeling down, I think was really important. So um, we definitely made the most of that year, uh, regardless of playing with only four teams there. I mean, we were lucky also too. They were all super competitive games, like uh, four really good teams in that division. So I think that kind of helped me uh, grow as a player too. Um, obviously, Clarkson is a very good team, and I think we played them over 10 times. So 
it definitely got a bit repetitive, but I think you kind of just had to go in with the mindset that uh, it's making the team better and it's making yourself better. So I think that was really important. Now you won your first ECAC championship beating St. Lawrence your sophomore year. Uh, talk about what it was like winning that trophy for the first time. Yeah, um, from the top of my head, I think that was Colgate's first uh, trophy they won. Um, so I think everyone was super excited. Uh, it's kind of funny just having no one in the stands. Um, you're only celebrating with each other, which is a bit weird, but I also think it's kind of cool in a way that uh, you're celebrating with each other. And I'm kind of just like living in the moment with it. Um, yeah, it was you went through a lot of adversity through the year. So I think just kind of to end the ECAC on top was uh, very special for us and especially a lot of the seniors too. I mean, they've went through COVID that year, uh, different other things. So um, regardless of having only four teams, I think it was just a really special moment for our group and coaching staff uh, and anyone who was kind of along for the journey. You then had your first tournament appearance uh, playing against Minnesota Duluth in a hard-fought game in Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, what did you learn uh, from your first tournament experience in playing in that game? What I remember is just Kaylee Osborne had probably the game of her life and it was a good goaltending battle. Yeah, um, that was actually a crazy goaltending battle, obviously, too. Uh, very good goalies on both ends. I think the game was one nothing, so uh, you don't see that too often. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was tough losing in overtime. Um, it always sucks, but I guess you kind of take away uh, all the little things from the game and how small the margins are. I mean, obviously, you're not going to win a hockey game if you can't score a goal. So I think that was kind of something that stuck out to me personally, um, just how small the margins are, especially at that level. Um, yeah, I mean, it was tough in the aspect that it was obviously our season was over and people were graduating, but I think. At the same time, a lot of us were just like grateful uh, for the year we had and getting to play through a pandemic, which um, is pretty unbelievable to think about. So, yeah, definitely disappointing end of the season, but um, it was a great game between two good teams. So now during your junior and senior year, your team was one of the best teams in the country, finishing in the top 10 in the rankings. Uh, so how did you guys sort of handle the pressure of being a ranked team? Because like you mentioned, there was always a target on your team's back, even in the a ECAC. And how did you, how did your team sort of maintain that consistency uh, throughout the regular season uh, from your last two years playing with Colgate? Yeah, like I kind of mentioned, I think you kind of have to go into every game knowing you're getting every team's best. Like um, even being on the other side of it, when you're kind of the underdog, you're always trying to beat that top dog team. So I'm just kind of having that mindset uh, from both sides definitely helped me personally. And yeah, I guess during the year, you're going to face adversity. You're going to lose to teams maybe uh, you shouldn't have lost to, but kind of just attempting to stick together and kind of get past that. I mean, it happens to so many teams, uh, whether we realize it or not. But yeah, just knowing that you're going to get every team's best and um, yeah, kind of going from there. Now, in your junior year, your team got to go to Nashville. I want to ask you uh, what that experience was like, because it seemed like your team had a lot of fun based on the social media posts that Colgate post. I really liked the pregame outfits that you guys came out with, especially you, Maggie McEachern, and Derek Gregg uh, with your cowboy outfits. So uh, just talk about that Nashville trip and what you took away from it. Yeah, uh, that was honestly a blast. I mean, I guess the cherry on top being that we beat top ranked team but yeah overall the experience was just unbelievable um so many families were there siblings 
Um, yeah, so I guess just being, I've never been to Nashville, so just being a part of that atmosphere um, and then playing some great teams. I mean, Boston College and both Minnesota, uh, not easy games to play in. So uh, coming out on top on both of those was pretty huge. And then uh, winning the guitar there at the end uh, is definitely something that I'll remember in my college career. And I think for the outfits, we all kind of decided to kind of go for some Western style. So I think quite a few of us had some fun with that. So uh, it definitely helps keep things light before the games. So, yeah, that was important and lots of fun, too. How'd you find your hat? I honestly don't remember. It might have been Target <laughs> days before. I think we just were like, oh, let's go to Target to see if we can find anything. So it might have been that from the top of my head, if I remember correctly. Now, you won your second ECAC championship um, that year, beating Yale in overtime. Uh, but then the very next week, you lost to them in the tournament. How did you sort of handle the roller coaster of emotions of that week? And how have you reflected on those games uh, in the past year? Yeah, I mean, that one was also really special. Um, obviously, not to diminish, I guess, the trophy we've won uh, in the years past, but just getting to play um, with the full full league, I think that was really special. And um, playing at a rink like Yale, too, obviously, uh, it's a pretty special rink there, and they had a really special team there. So winning that ECAC trophy especially in overtime, uh, it was really special for me and my teammates. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of a crazy turn of events there. And then we ended up playing them again um, in the East, uh, the NCAA quarterfinals. So um, another great game, obviously, um, going into overtime the second year in a row there. Uh, you're definitely a little nervous, but I think the game kind of could have went either way, um, just based on how it went the weekend before. So, yeah, I mean, definitely another disappointing loss for our group. But, I mean, I think as a program, we have continued to do things that have never been done. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of go out there and give it your all and uh, hope for the best. But I guess sometimes it doesn't really work out. So, um, yeah, like I mentioned, it was disappointing and sad. But kind of looking at the bigger picture, you kind of reflect on the season uh, we had as a group. And I think it was uh, really special. So. At the in the time at the time that it happened, you don't really think like that. But then when you kind of uh, look back at it, it's yeah, it was definitely a special group and a special team, and yeah, one to be proud of. Now you were named captain of the team before your senior year. Uh, what type of leadership did you want to bring to the team uh, this past season? And are you more of a vocal leader or lead by example type of player? I think when I was an assistant my junior year, I was kind of more of a lead by example type of player. I mean. I'm not the most vocal player, kind of that sort of stuff. I kind of just like to put my head down and work and kind of get after it there. So I think my junior year, I was kind of more like that. But then transitioning to my senior year here, um, the three other captains graduated. So I kind of knew I had to fill a bigger role, I guess. So I kind of, I'm still not the most like vocal person, but I think I'll say something uh, when something needs to be said. So I think that's important, uh, especially as a captain. Um, that you're kind of like following what you're saying. So I think that was kind of important to me um, to not always be the one talking, but when something needs to said, uh, when something needs to be said to say it and then kind of follow it up by my actions. Now, the same thing that happened to your team your junior year also happened to your team your senior year as you beat Clarkson to win your third ECAC championship, but then you guys lost to Wisconsin in the tournament. 
uh, I guess, what would you take away from both of those games? And I guess, how are you going to use the Wisconsin game and the Clarkson championship win to help your team out for next season? Yeah, I mean, um, that was the back-to-back-to-back win. So that's another special thing that I don't think has been done too often in the ACAC. But yeah, another special win with a special group there, but then kind of transitioning to Wisconsin, we kind of knew what we were in for. Um, If you look at their roster, it's pretty unbelievable, um, the depth they have and the talent they have. So I think just kind of takeaways from that is just um, how any game can kind of go any way on any given day. Obviously, uh, we've been pretty successful in the aspect that we've won uh, three championships, but we haven't been able to get past to that NCAA quarterfinal kind of hump and get to the frozen four. So I think just kind of, yeah, focusing on the little things, whether it's power play, penalty kill, um, just, yeah, like I mentioned, those small margins are so important. And I know we have a really motivated group um, as there's quite a few of us in our last year uh, here in the NCAA. So um, we kind of got to leave it all out there and hope for the best. So I think that's kind of my mindset. Uh, for the next year, um, we got really nothing to save it for. So, uh, yeah, we're going to push for that and push for the Frozen Four and push for an eventual national championship and kind of, yeah. Well, you obviously sort of answered my next question, but what are your team's goals and expectations for next year? Obviously, like you said, it was to win it. It's to win a national championship. But is there any other goals uh, that might be in your team's radar that fans aren't aware of? Yeah, I mean, obviously, winning is such. Uh, an important part of hockey but just I think from an off-ice standpoint just continuing to create memories like people say it like college goes by so quick and it truly does like um, without that COVID year a lot of us would be done which is uh, sad to think about so just kind of making memories uh, with your best friends and uh, taking it all in living in the moment uh, embracing the highs and lows I think is so important Obviously, we have a goal of winning a national championship, but uh, when you think about it, at the end of the year, only one team out of 40-something gets to do that. So I think there's a lot more uh, than winning. Um, Obviously, it's uh, at the top of our list too, but I'm sure several other teams want that too. But yeah, just continuing to create memories and uh, live in the moment with my teammates, I think is really important. Now, your offensive numbers have been outstanding throughout your college hockey career. But since your sophomore year, you've increased your point total by 20 points every season since then. So my question is, what has been the biggest improvement you've made to your game? And what do you work on to make that part of your game better uh, throughout the offseason and obviously during the season as well? Yeah, I think one thing I've kind of started to develop is kind of a dual threat mentality. Um, Just, I guess, playing boys hockey, I feel like that's kind of where it started, where I've always kind of been a pass first player. So obviously you're playing with a lot of people who are better than you, bigger than you, stronger than you. Uh, so I was always kind of typically someone who would dish the puck off. So I think kind of transitioning to girls hockey, um, I would say teams specifically that we played quite a few times would kind of catch on to that. So kind of switching it up and obviously developing my shot and my stick handling and kind of those little skills I think were important. But yeah. I'm just kind of transitioning both into like a dual threat on the ice, I think kind of helped that. Then obviously uh, my teammates, um, I get to play with some pretty great players throughout the year, um, kind of switches up, but yeah, um, even our power play was phenomenal. So I'm just kind of those things uh, that have 
pretty substantial impacts, I would say, um, are really important for that. I do want to ask you, you, you're a very good face-off player as well. So how do you work on that part of your game? Yeah, I think just like spending extra time uh, after practice or even like uh, Chelsea Walkland, one of our coaches, uh, she's always kind of uh, looking at social media. If there's something that comes up uh, with face-offs, uh, sending it over to me and kind of just, yeah, working on that. I think that's something that I want to continue to work on too. Just uh, not that I didn't realize it before, but just watching more like professional games now, uh, just seeing how important face-offs are for possession and that sort of things. And obviously um, like face-off plays and that sort of stuff um, are a lot more a part of the game I feel like than they ever were so I think that's kind of one aspect of my game that I want to continue to grow uh, and work on too yeah for sure I was listening to an interview with Paul Stastny who was talking about the art of doing a face-off and I thought it was pretty interesting and obviously like you mm-hmm. mentioned it's so important because if you remember the men's national championship game Quinnipiac won uh for, it's the play started mm-hmm. off from winning the face-off so it's just so such an important yeah. part of the game I feel like people sort of don't think about too often mm-hmm. yes definitely uh yeah even thinking about that, like a huge game like that, how it's won or lost on a face-off play, I think you kind of start to realize it uh, as you kind of gain more experience with hockey and just watch different things, how crucial that is. So, Now, because of your outstanding uh, point statistics uh, this past season, you were nominated for the Patty Kaz Award this year. I sort of want to ask you, what was it like being nominated for that award and what does that mean uh, for the program uh, moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it was really special, obviously, to be nominated for that. Um, when you get to college, you obviously hear quite a bit about the Patty Kaz Award and uh, like winning a national championship. So just to have my name on that list alongside many great players uh, was definitely a big honor for me. Um, as far as like the program, I think it just kind of speaks to the phenomenal program we have at Colgate long, alongside the coaching staff and players. Just, yeah, I mean, Colgate's obviously a smaller school and uh, obviously a very good program so I think it, I hope it can draw kind of more attention to it uh, in any way possible uh, just seeing a player um, from a smaller school be a part of that list so so we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice first one is what music do you like to listen to on a daily basis uh, I would definitely say country um, probably a bit unpopular with hockey players but I guess being from Alberta um, my parents were kind of always country music listeners, so kind of grown to love it. What is your most embarrassing hockey moment? I was thinking about this. I think it was when I was in Bantam AAA. Uh, I played for MLAC uh, after I got cut from SSAC. Uh, we were playing this short park team that was like uh, really stacked, like a lot of first rounders in the WHL. And I think obviously some of them are in the NHL now. Uh, we were losing 19 to one, which is like pretty crazy for uh, playing in that level. And I just remember um, Sherwood Park trying to trying to get to 20 goals. And I was just like, oh, this is a mess. Like they were kind of all cheering on the bench, like really going for that 20th goal. And I was like, oh, this is really embarrassing. So I think that's kind of up there for that. Did you did they get to 20 goals or no? No, it ended up being 19 to one. But I just that's remember nice. them on the bench. <laughs> going for it and I was like oh 20 goals in a game is quite insane so if you could have lunch with anyone in the world uh, who would it be and why um I'd probably go with Justin Bieber honestly someone I've kind of loved 
uh, since a young age, and he's kind of a hockey fan, so I think that'd be really cool. I feel like I'll do uh, Matthew to Chuck. I just been. I feel like he seems like such an interesting guy and a fun guy to talk to and have lunch with, and I feel like he's improved a lot his game uh, since he got traded from Calgary. Yeah, I think that'd be a good one. He seems pretty funny, um, even with that overtime cellular at the end. <laughs> so I feel like he'd very be pretty comical uh, to get to know. Now, uh, last non-hockey question is, uh, who on the Colgate women's hockey team has the best style besides yourself, obviously? Uh, there's actually quite a few. I think some of the girls like to dress up. I'd say Dare Greg, um, you probably know that, and Nina Brick, a younger player, but they both definitely like to get dressed up for the game. Uh, so it's pretty pretty fun to be a part of. Now, getting back to some hockey questions now. Uh, first one is for all the younger players listening to this episode, what advice would you give them on what it takes to be a college hockey player like yourself? Yeah, um, honestly, probably just continue to work hard. I know that you probably hear that so much, but um, in this day and age, it's pretty much the only thing uh, you have control over is your work ethic and attitude. So I think um, if you can bring both of those, and uh, yeah, I think that would just is so important. Um, obviously, there's so many highs and lows of hockey, and there's so many things that you really have no control of over. So um, I've always been told just to keep working hard, uh, no matter what, and kind of have a good attitude with it all. So I think that's kind of uh, pretty important advice. Now, do you have any shout outs you want to give uh, to your teammates, family members or friends? And who should we have on the podcast next? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many Colgate girls you've had, but um, we got some pretty funny, funny girls there. So I would say uh, Dare Greg or Nina Brick, uh, Kaylee Osborne, pretty funny. Uh, so those are all great options. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Danielle, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. It's always so much fun getting to watch you play. So I'm super honored that I had the chance to meet and talk with you today. And I wish you nothing but the best for your future endeavors and for next season with Colgate and with Team Canada as well. And have a good summer. And thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. One step forward and another back I will never try to fool ya I'm one heartbeat away from going mad Girl, when you look like that Closer, closer I'ma get closer to you, yeah